Well, good morning, South Oaks family. We are so happy that you have chosen to worship with us today. And uh, I just want to welcome all the other folks that uh, don't normally attend here, may have never been here, but have joined us uh, on the live stream today. You are welcome. And uh, uh, I think there's some uh, fair good number of people from uh, Texas that may even be online today. And so, you know, one of the great things about live stream is you can... Uh, you can be anywhere in the world and you can enjoy good fellowship. And so I want to welcome you here today. Um, so today we're in this, uh, this uh, series on relationships and we're starting it today. And, uh, you know, I, I guess one of the questions you might ask yourself is, what is it you really want out of life? It's kind of a fair question people ask themselves. What do I want out of life? And, you know, you probably could get a lot of different answers, right? I think some people might say, well, I want to be happy, or uh, I, I hope for good health. I want health. Or some are, you know, hoping for marriage out of life or family, uh, friends. Some people would say success. You know, what I really think is that if we really kind of boil it all down, what uh, most of us would put healthy relationships really high on that list. Uh, and, uh, you know, besides knowing Jesus and the assurance of eternal life, I think that uh, really healthy relationships makes life more enjoyable than just about anything else. Uh, you know, think about it. Even if your health isn't great, but you have loving relationships, uh, you're, you can enjoy life. Uh, you can make a lot of money, but if your relationships are dysfunctional and broken, uh, not a lot of joy there. Uh, even somebody with very little money, even somebody with very few possessions, but when they're surrounded by loving family and friends and healthy relationships. That person, I think we would all agree, is far richer uh, than the person who uh, has a lot of, you know, big bank account, but has just uh, got a lot of broken and dysfunctional relationships in their life. You know, an interesting thing, I hadn't really ever thought of it this way until I read it in preparation for this, but did you know the Bible really says that healthy relationships are one of the most important things in life? Who would ever thought of it that way? But, you know, a Jewish expert asked Jesus in Matthew 22, verse 36. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, that's a, that's a verse. That's something a lot of us have read before, that, that question. But now I want you to think about the answer that Jesus gave. And Jesus uh, replied in Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Jesus said, well, the, most, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the first commandment and the greatest commandment, and the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Think about it. He said it was all about relationships. It's all about loving God, your relationship with God, and then it's all about the relationships you have with your neighbors. It's loving your neighbors as much as you love yourself. This, this whole series is going to be about those kind of relationships. Today we're going to talk about relationships at work. Uh, next week and the weeks after, we'll talk about relationships with families. We're going to talk about relationships with our friends. And then even the kind of relationships that we could have with folks that we go to church with. So over the next four weeks, we're going to learn to have healthy relationships in all those areas. And... Um, and we're going to find out how we can live out that challenge that Jesus gave to us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Well, okay, today we're going to talk about work. So just a couple of things to get us started. Did you know 
that if you work steadily from age 25 to 65, so that's kind of normal for a lot of us. You finish school, go to work. So if you work from 25 to 65 steadily, that over those 40 years, you will have spent about 90,000 hours at work. Now, I know some of you think you spent that much about last month, okay? And so, you know, but, uh, you know, because a lot of overtime and a lot of things like that, but uh, 90,000 hours you're going to spend at work. Now, if you think about what 90,000 hours is, that's the equivalent of you being gone from home for 10 years, 24-7, nonstop. That's a lot of your life to spend away from home over, the, over your working life. People are working longer today. Uh, historically, you know, a lot of people tended to retire between like maybe 62 and 65. Uh, today, the trend is to work longer. Uh, more and more people are working more like from and retiring at maybe 66 to age 70. In fact, uh, a lot of research shows there's a real growing number of people, a growing trend for people who even say, I never intend to retire. I just intend to work as long as, you know, I'm, I'm up and about or as long as I can. They have no plans to retire. You know, the other, the other trend that's, that's different these days, too, is a lot of people who do retire from their first job sooner or later go back to the marketplace and get a new job, kind of a second act in something they want to do. Some of them do it. For, uh, for income or benefits, uh, but a lot of people do it for social reasons. It's because they just don't want to be at home alone. They want to be out with people. So, uh, and, and you know, the, the other thing I saw, and this is kind of a shame, but it's probably true, but it, has a, it gets at this whole area of relationships. It says that up, some surveys say that up to 80% of Americans are dissatisfied with at least some aspects of their job. So, fair question for us to ask might be, um, on, a, on a series about relationships is, does God really want us to have relationships at work? I mean, because after all, it is work. We are there to work. Well, I think from the scripture, what we can say is absolutely yes. He does want us to have relationships at work. So since he does, then the logical question for us to want to answer is, well, then what kind of relationships and for what purpose? You know, now, during this whole COVID-19 work-from-home mandate thing that everybody's been enduring, and, uh, uh, and, and you know, these days, probably, uh, wherever you are and wherever you live, if it's like here, boy, you know, after everybody's been locked up in their house for so long, uh, we have one sunny day and the weather's kind of nice, you know, everybody's outside walking their dogs. Uh, you know, there's a lot of skinny dogs now because uh, there's dogs that have been getting more walks than they've had in years. In fact, I think the dogs are ready for you all to go back to work because they're not getting enough naps. But, but you know, I've asked a number of folks that, I've, that I know uh, how they feel about working from home because a lot of these folks have always, you know, get, got up and go to the office every day. And so I said, how do you feel about working from home? And in fact, uh, you know, there's a lot of articles even in the Wall Street Journal this past week about, uh, you know, some folks may, you know, some offices may just tell people to keep working from home maybe forever uh, or at least start doing that more and more often. So, so I've asked them, if you were given the choice, would you like to continue working from home after this pandemic thing eases up? And it's kind of an interesting answer that I've, I've gotten, okay? So I think the first thing, because they feel like they need to be, you know, about work, is the answer is, well, you know, it's really kind of interesting. I do feel like there are times I'm actually more productive working from home because 
I have fewer interruptions. I have fewer things to distract me. I just kind of focus in and, and do my work. But then almost without taking a breath, the thing they follow on to say is, but I'm really kind of looking forward to getting back to the office at least some days a week because I miss my friends. I miss the people I work with. I miss those relationships. Because, uh, you know, I think a lot of us uh, would, would agree, right, that uh, while we do go to work first and foremost to get a paycheck, that really we also really enjoy those relationships. We enjoy the people that we get to know and the people whose lives we get to, uh, to interact with, sometimes for, for decades. You know, one of the longest friendships I've got started at work in 1977. That's 43 years ago. I mean, there aren't many people in my life that I've had regular, ongoing contact with for 43 years. Uh, friendship started on the job, and uh, uh, he retired a number of years ago. I did a few years ago. Um, but you know, even though we're like a thousand miles apart, we still stay in touch by phone several times a year. We talk, we keep in touch, and keep up to date on each other's lives. And, and it's a very meaningful relationship to me uh, that I value greatly. And, and I bet you've got similar stories. And, you know, work goes on uh, for other, you know, those relationships are important in other ways. A number of years ago, uh, an employee that, uh, that worked for me uh, tragically lost his wife uh, after a long-term illness. And about a week after the funeral, uh, the team that he was a part of was supposed to go uh, and hold a meeting at an off-site location to do some planning. And, you know, I assumed he wouldn't want to attend. But a couple of days before we were supposed to leave and go there, he called me. And he asked if it was too late for him to still go with our group. And, you know, I said, well, yeah, if you're really sure you're up to it. But, you know, no pressure. You don't really have to come. His answer was, you know, besides my family, you guys are some of the best friends I have. And so I'd really like to come because I'd rather spend those days with you all. Look, all this just confirms that work really is more than just a paycheck for most of us, if not for all of us. It's a place to form relationships that are significant, relationships that can really make a difference in people's lives. So if they're that important, then that means we really ought to want to get them right. So let's start by seeing what the Bible has got to say about these work relationships. Well, first it outlines the relationship that's appropriate between an employer and an employee. Now that's going to be found in Ephesians 6, verses 5 to 9. We're going to read that in just a minute, so if you want to be turning to it, the verses will be up behind me as well, but that's going to be Ephesians 6, 5 to 9. Uh, now this passage... Uh, in the New Testament talks about slaves and masters. And while that relationship was common at the time, even then it was still actually more of an employee-employer relationship because the servants worked for their masters in a job capacity. Now, obviously, times have changed. Things are different today. But, you know, if you still, if you take and you substitute the word employer and employee within that verse, I think what you'll see is that the meaning actually remains quite relevant. And so that's how I'm going to read it. As we read these verses, I'm going to substitute uh, the words employer and employee. So let's read uh, Ephesians 6, verses 5 to 9. It says, Employees, 
Obey your earthly employers with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as one belonging to Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are an employee or self-employed. Employers, treat your workers in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their Lord and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. Obviously, we can see that the key to building healthy relationships with, it, with our own bosses, with our management, relationships that honor God, is first and foremost to be honest and hardworking all the time. That means being ready to work when your shift starts, not just arriving. It means honoring lunch and break pauses. And it also means working right up to quitting time. And, you know, not, not having your coat on and ready to walk out the door at quitting time, but like working till quitting time, right up till that moment. You know, the other thing that we often overlook or don't think about, what that also means in honoring those relationships is not becoming cynical are critical of our management, of our bosses, but being supportive of their leadership. Proverbs 18.9 tells us that one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. That means that when we don't give our best effort at work, we're ultimately just hurting ourselves since God won't be able to honor our work with his blessing and his favor. We also won't have any credibility with our own Christian witness if we don't do our best to live out a good work ethic because people are watching and people will see how we live our lives. Secondly, the Bible talks about relationships that exist among employees, what we would usually call peer relationships. And Paul writes about these uh, when he wrote to the church in Thessalonica. So we're going to read 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verses 6 through 13. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 6 to 13. Those verses say, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we did not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even, even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They're not busy. They're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge you in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. As for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. You know, it's these peer relationships that I want to focus uh, on the most today because these are the folks that we usually have the greatest opportunity to influence because we're with them every day. 
We see them, they see us. We, we know each other the best. Therefore, we have the most and greatest impact, uh, the ability to have an impact on their lives. So, as we've talked about the need for relationships and how important they are, then the question we want to answer today is, how do we create strong, appropriate relationships at work? What can we do to ensure that those relationships are strong and appropriate? Well, first thing is, we must be a person of honor and integrity. Wherever you work, everyone there has a reputation, whether you know it or not. Everyone there has a reputation. You're either known as a problem solver or a problem maker. Uh, someone whose input is valued or someone that should not be listened to. Someone who's trusted or someone who's not trusted. You can pick the adjective, but everybody's got a reputation and either you are or you aren't. In order to have strong relationships at work, you've got to earn the trust and respect of your coworkers. And the best way to do this is to start your day in God's word and in prayer. Now, that may not have been what you thought I would say, but it is. Now, first of all, I know what it's like to get up early in the morning uh, while it's still dark outside to need to get ready to go to work because I did it forever. And I used to get up. When I got up, I read my Bible early in the morning. And I'll be the first to admit to you, there were some mornings... I didn't really want to do that, that early in the morning. Now, what you'd like to say is, I'm too tired to do it. But I have to, if we're going to all be honest, we're not too tired. We just don't feel like it sometimes. So what we need to do is just do that. Okay, you might not feel like it, but you're not too tired. So do it, even if it's just a few verses. Here's why this is so important and why this is the key to being a person of honor and integrity. Getting in God's word first thing in the morning will help you build some spiritual muscle. It is important, and this is why it's so important. The enemy does not want you to be a person of honor and integrity at work. He wants you to cause trouble. He wants you to be a poor employee. He doesn't want you to do anything that would give honor and glory to God. And so if you want to be a person of honor and integrity at work, you're going to need all the spiritual muscle that you can develop. And reading God's word first thing in the morning is a great way to help accomplish this. Remember, God can only bless you and entrust you with meaningful relationships that you're capable, that you're strong enough to handle. So develop that spiritual muscle. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So get God's word into you early in the day so you have full benefit of it all day long. As you pray, ask God to grant you wisdom and favor and appropriate relationships that honor him. And while you're at it, ask God to give you good work habits and good self-discipline at work. You know, do your best to be the best at what you do. 
Be a person that's known for excellence. As we read in 2 Thessalonians a couple of minutes ago, Paul told the church in Thessalonica that they could look to him as their example for hard work. You should be that same example at your place of employment. The perfect test question for you is this, is if everyone else at work followed your example, if they worked like you, if they talked like you, if they acted like you, what kind of place would it be? So be serious about your work and how you do it. You know, we all tend to think of Jesus in a certain way. All the stories we've been told since we were kids, and they're great. But I want to remind you of something. Jesus had a job in the marketplace for most of his life. Jesus was raised as a carpenter's son, and he was actually a carpenter until he was 30. I'm pretty sure that Jesus had a good work ethic in the carpenter shop. And I'm pretty sure the table legs, you know, the legs on his table weren't wobbly. I think Jesus was known for good quality work. Look, here's another thing. A lot of the people you work with when they get to work, they may have had a tough night at home. They may, have had a, they may be having tough things going on in their life. In fact, a lot of people you work with come to work feeling lonely and isolated. They got stuff going on. And they may not always want to talk about that stuff. But when you and I are people of honor and integrity at work, we won't have sidelined our testimony by having a poor reputation so that when a moment comes and people would like to talk, they will think of you as someone worth talking to. We need to be ready so that when the moment an opportunity arises for building relationships because people want to open up, we're ready to do it. So to create strong relationships at work, we've got to earn the right to be heard by being people of honor and integrity. Remember, if your coworkers trust the messenger, they're far more likely to accept the message. Second thing we need to do is be open and transparent. Look, in order to create strong relationships at work that are honoring to God, we got to be open and transparent about our own lives. We need to be a real friend, and we need our coworkers to see us as real friends, not just some evangelistic target. People like real. People like real. We look for real in the food products we buy. We look for real in the clothes. You know, we, look, we like real, okay? Well, we like real in people, too. And, you know, here's the truth. Uh, no one's life is perfect. Mine isn't. Neither is yours. But we can be real. Here's the deal. People can spot a fake. People can spot a fake. And nobody wants to be friends with a fake. So when the people you work with have problems, and they do want to talk about it, whether they're problems at work or their personal problems, instead of trying to tell them what they should do, just share with them what you would do. Just share with them how you would approach uh, the problem. Be honest and authentic about your own life. Look, you may have had some victories that you can tell them about. 
You may have also had some things that didn't go so well, but you can tell them how your faith helped you through it, how you got through it. You can suggest to them a path forward. You can help them see that they can have hope, that they can see their way through it. You could also suggest to them maybe they want to see a counselor, uh, whether it's a pastor or a professional counselor, someone that they might need to, that they feel like they could trust. Uh, you could propose to them talking to God about it or even seeing what the Bible has to say. And obviously, you can also let them know that you'd be willing to pray with them should they choose. But once you've told them those things and shared your life with them, then you can step back and you can let the Holy Spirit work in their hearts. You just be the salt and light that they need. Matthew 5.16 encourages us all to let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify their Father in heaven. You can do that by being authentic, open, and transparent in your relationships with other people. Finally, uh, the way to develop healthy relationships at work is to see your job as your ministry. Ask yourself, what kind of spiritual climate are you creating at work? This is important because the truth is, either you will change your workplace or your workplace will change you. You have an opportunity to transform your workplace into a place that is peaceful, caring, and joyful by bringing the presence of God to work with you every day. So be thoughtful about how you respond to what your colleagues say during the day. You know, we talk often about be careful to respond and not react. Just imagine the impact that your presence could have on all the people you work with. That's what happens when we go to work, prayed up, and filled with the Holy Spirit. See yourself as the pastor of your workplace. Now, you may think, well, I'm not, a, I'm not a pastor. Well, actually, you are. You can see that the people that you work with have a need, and you can share with them. And, but the best way you first share is just by coming with your heart right and your spirit ready to be open and caring and listening. So think of yourself as, I'm the pastor of this workplace. And the folks I work with are my congregation. They don't know it, but they are, and that's how I'm going to treat them. I'm going to treat them with care and love and respect, and I'm going to be there. And I'm not going to preach at them, but I'm going to try to, like Paul said, I'm going to try to live my life out openly in front of them to be an example that they can follow. Just imagine the impact that your presence could have on all the people you work with. That's what happens, and that's what you can do when you go with the right spirit. Lastly, just pray for the folks you work with regularly. You can pray for all of your coworkers. They don't even, they may never know. But you can be praying for them, that God would give them wisdom and peace and would give them solutions to their problems, would show them answers, would show them the way forward. I also want to encourage you to pray for your company's leadership. Ask God to help your leaders, your, your bosses, your employers, your leaders of your company. Help them to be people of honor and integrity. And ask God to grant them wisdom with all the decisions that they need to make. You know, those folks have to make a lot of important decisions that ultimately will affect you. 
And so praying for them to be wise and people of honor and integrity is really a smart thing just for your own, for your own well-being because it helps keep your company safe and helps keep your company prosperous. Look, no matter what your job title is or no matter what your position is on the company's organization chart, you can be a person of significance and influence where you work if you will allow God to work through you, to speak through you, and to touch lives through you. All this as we build healthy and meaningful relationships that honor God while we're at work. Today, as we get ready to close, uh, you know, first of all, there may be some things you just need to say, you know, I've kind of missed this a little bit. I haven't really been hitting that. And let's just take a second. I just want to invite people, wherever you are, at home, on your sofa, at your kitchen table, wherever you are, let's just bow your heads, close your eyes. And this is just a chance for you, because obviously if you're at home, you don't have to worry about anybody else looking around or seeing you. Uh, But it's just an opportunity for you to talk to God and say, Lord, there are some areas where maybe I have uh, not uh, either been that person of honor or integrity, or maybe I haven't been as open and transparent, or I certainly haven't seen my work as ministry, and I haven't treated it that way. Uh, but Lord, today I want to I I turn the corner. I want to make a stand that I want to do that for you. So right now, just tell God about the changes that you want to make in your life and give them to him. So Lord, today, we, just, we all desire to be people, Lord, of honor and integrity. Lord, today our desire is to be people Father, that uh, like Paul can say, uh, I want to be an example that you can follow. I want to set a good example for you. So, Lord, today I just pray that uh, you would forgive us for the opportunities we've missed. But, Lord, that more than that, that you would fill us with your presence, your spirit, your wisdom, uh, your peace, Lord. And that from today forward, we would be those people, Lord, uh, who can create healthy relationships that will bring honor and glory to you. And Lord, will change the workplace that we go to. Lord, I pray that we would, uh, Lord, just entrust it all to you now. And Lord, we look forward to, to, to stories and testimonies, Lord, of transformed lives and transformed workplaces as we develop healthy relationships at work. In Jesus' name, amen.